the deal. You disobey me, you die. Try to escape, you die. You got a boyfriend? You irritate or vex me. I'm known to be quite vexing. I'm just forewarning you. You die. What you having? Beer. Whiskey. What am I, 12? How about you have stuff? Water. That's a good idea, honey. People of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy Planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Eh, sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, Listen up, fanboys. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast. Episode 433, which is really part two of episode 432, where we discussed Batman v Superman. We've closed that discussion. And here are Derek McCaw, Sal Pizarro, and myself, Rick Brett Snyder, with the rest of the episode. Enjoy. Which is ironically an effort to actually give us what we want again. And we, we, we shall see. We, we should shall, move we on. Shall see. We should. Let's move on. So let's talk about Silicon Valley Comic Con. I know. I'm sorry. It was just such a good, wealthy discussion to uh, have. The Silicon Valley Comic Con, we were all there. Yeah. In, in Not a whole lot. I, I, I wasn't there as much as I wanted to be. And I, I know uh, Rick was there Friday and Saturday. And I was probably, I was still there less than you if you add up all the hours. Yeah. But um, I was there Friday uh, a lot of Sunday and yeah, Sunday. very, very little on Saturday, which I understand was a good thing. Yeah, thirty-five thousand. Saturday was crowded. Saturday mm-hmm. was, it was difficult to find an enjoyable space on Saturday. But first of all, I want to I want to fix the narrative in the mainstream media. And you and I talked about this last mm-hmm. week or a couple of weeks ago. Is most of the stories on Silicon because it's made national news because it's was yeah. Say this is San Jose's first Comic Con, and it's not. Absolutely untrue. Right. Right. Steve Wozniak bought Big Wow Comic Fest, a show that had been there, local, built a following. Growing. And was growing. And I, I would say... It was not at all in decline when he bought it. No. It was going higher. It was at the right size for what for it was. For the facility. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it, 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 it had still room had room for expansion. It had room it to grow. a lot of room. And, but this was sort of like, suddenly it mushroomed out like a... Sorry, it is a negative analogy, but I don't mean it to be. But it was like a cancer. It just like you know, suddenly it's like three times the size. It's it's bloomed out. Well, it was it was it, it, taking it back. If, Not comparing if, this to a cancer because I I did ultimately. I'm happy that San Jose has it. Big Wow would have grown a lot more over years. Learned how to do it in the space, and that's the learned, problem. Learned where to expand. This this used the whole of the the conference center. Did not use the tent behind it. Did not use any of the facilities across the street, which they should have. Well, and see, that's the thing is they come in. I don't. I don't know all the behind the scenes details. I know that Steve Wyatt, who founded Big Wow Comic Fest, I saw him there. Uh, he he was around, and uh, so I, I don't know any of the of the details there, other than what I see. My guess is, supposition is that is that what's happening all over the country is. 
everybody hears about the success of San Diego, mm-hmm. of Atlanta, Dragon Con, and New York. Mm-hmm. And New York's its own beast because it's New York. I understand that. But both at, both Dragon Con, and I know there's some people have moral issues with it, and I understand that. I respect that. I've never been. This is not, it's just, you can't ignore it. It's been successful. But San Diego's been there since 1971. And it was in the basement of a hotel when it started. It grew slowly. You can't come in in 2016 and throw a party that big and that and that successful right off the bat. You there's so much infrastructure that evolved right. in San Diego. You go as we get this is our third top story. You know, you go to downtown San, San Diego, the gas lamp district. That entire down it's why Comic Con is the most popular thing that happens in San Diego to the locals is that city gives itself over to yeah. to Comic Con. Even if you're not on the floor, you can be in the street and still. But they've be been part of the stuff. community for a long, long time. Yeah. You just you can't just drop in right. and and all good intentions, because I don't want this to be like a oh Silicon Valley Comic Con no, no. sucked. It didn't. I was happy to be there, but when on Saturday when <laughs> As I told you, because you caught me, you found me in the moment when I talked to Chuck Surface, and some of you know, I just, it's just a little clouded. I'm feeling a little encroached. You know, he said I, I feel like a panic attack, and I don't have a pan- panic attacks in public, <laughs> just privately in my own room, and I cry, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, but but I mean, I, I'm really not subject to them, but because it had almost been incepted, you know, it was planted in my head, yeah. And I started walking around the crowd, and it started like going, oh, there's too many, and it's like. It's less than Comic-Con. It was less than Comic-Con. It wasn't as crowded as a lot of the areas in Comic-Con are. But it just wasn't laid out well. It was just, you know, and it just felt, I just felt everywhere I turned, there were people. I, I got in line for something that ultimately I didn't do because we, like, TJ Harsman <coughs> right. texted and said, we can do the interview now. And, but I was in line. I never got to do any of the VR stuff because I just wanted to get in the line so that at least I could. We stood in that line for 45 minutes. I could stand, I could stare at the carpet. No one was pushing at me. It's true. And it, it was a, it was a very, kind of an open space. I could process thinking. Yeah. You know, the, and, and you're right. People who got into the panels enjoyed the panels. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed talking to a lot of the, the manufacturers, the artists, the, the companies that were there. Absolutely. The, the, the infrastructure and the <laughs> management of it was immature. It wasn't, and I, I mean that in the most sincere Correct. way. It has, it has not been... They had a lot of people who had obviously never had to deal with moving people around. Line management was horrible, and the um and, and the management of they had everyone had a band with the RFID a, yeah. RFID chip in it, mm-hmm. which should have made getting in and out of that fast. In fact, it worked against them because no one taught the people how to use their badge. So, I, so everyone going in oh, had to get not the badge. It's a wristband, and that's right, the other thing too, right? Train it, tap it. I don't know how Com- because Comic Con's going to do it. Yeah, and WonderCon did it. And the flip side, I don't know if you read. I got a report from WonderCon uh, on the site. Okay, um, a friend, uh, friend of Michal's, Kevin Mosteller, uh, a guy from uh, Groundlings uh, or Second City Training, not Groundlings. Sorry, um, really talented guy. But so, and other people have contacted me and said, yes, this is what happened. Is that when they were at the LA Center, the lobby was free reign. So the cosplayers were walking around. Anybody could walk in at the state at the Staples Center, right? At the convention center, and you didn't have to have a badge 
And so you could a, get into your community. So, you, but no, you were crap. But the thing is, there were just people. There were lots of people who hadn't paid to be in. Who, who weren't even. There were people who were there for the uh, for the Lakers game, and they wanted to stop and gawk. Right. And so crowd control was horrible there. Apparently, their police were called a couple of times. Wow. So while we may say, "Ooh, Silicon Valley Comic Con had its problems," <laughs> WonderCon in LA, which okay. we now get to say is people misunderstand. It didn't move out of Anaheim because. Of the construction. That's not why it moved. It moved because Anaheim Convention Center could only offer them two days. And people will say, oh, we wanted to go back into San Francisco. San Francisco, not only would San Francisco, they would offer them three days, but they wouldn't let them expand. They went from 30000 in the Moscone Center to 60000 at in the Anaheim Convention okay. Center. And it's only going to get bigger. And that and that's okay. you know, Because the infrastructure is there, even with the construction. Yeah. Last year was fine. This year, Silicon Valley, as you said, there were plenty of other resources they could have used which would have helped diffuse. Realizing they only had five rooms for panels. Yes. So you could have had a much bigger panel right. programming. And disperse the ready, crowd out But more. they weren't ready for it. And, right. I, and I understand that, too. It's like, so these are helpful suggestions if anybody picks up on this. But the worst thing about, I've heard is they're talking about not doing it again next year, maybe taking a year off and coming back in the year yeah, after that. Foolish. And if they do that, they're going to forget all the lessons learned. You can't, you can't do that. We don't. Right. Disney can do that. It but then what a, happened? Let's take that back. Yeah. We went to D23, and that was the fourth D23 they, they did held? great line management. The, they were a model for line management. D23? D23. Do you not recall the two hours before? Outside, outside the line. The line to get in was was No, and I also witnessed things long. that were not very well managed either. The management of getting into the hall, the, the, yes. that line management, excellent. And Excellent. the other thing was, all, you know, when you go to D23, it's also much more focused in its topics. Yes. Um, and a, a much broader, a lot more room to move around. I never felt like, oh, I'm a, I'm a I'm They a also managed the lines on the floor getting into the store better. They had marked floors, and they were escorting yeah. groups of people across the... Because Disney fans are very used to being... There's <laughs> they're, they're used right. to There's their tape standing right. there. I can't move there. There's a tape, tape there. There's tape. I can't cross that. That's, I can't cross it. That's well, lava. I've been trained. That's hot lava. <laughs> well, you know, Saturday, I mean, my, my understanding from Saturday was that they were expecting 18,000 people. And they got 35,000. And they got 35,000. They literally had no clue what to do with that many people. I mean, they cut off ticket sales at like right. 1 o'clock or something. Yeah, yeah. They, you're, you're right there. So, the other thing I would say is I don't think they, they reached out to the community. When on Friday night, one, this is and this is not a Silicon Valley Comic Con problem as much as, look, this is a reality of San Jose, too. That downtown is not as, is not as uh, entertainment-friendly as they want to. As I recall oh, going to an... I can't remember what event we attended. Was that a Pachacacha night where the guy said, like, when you had San Jose Live, right. and we turned that over to a server farm. You had, like, 10,000 people would come downtown to go to that, and then we turned it over into a server farm when the economy turned down. Right. And uh, and, and that reputation has stayed. I, you know, But I had so many creator friends who were like, after the con closed... Where do we go for dinner? Everybody right. goes to Original Joe's because nobody at the convention knew any place else to go. And then uh, PJ and Shannon ended up at Cafe Stretch, but they just happened to find it. Right. Whereas other people that I, I knew, I was trying to catch their attention. Hey, you know, there's a good place here. But, of course, Stretch was just regulars overflowing. Well, I tell you. But Steve Borkenhagen had no idea there was a convention. Right. I'm, I'm going to do a little little blurb Sorry for... Sorry to name check it. 
There's yeah. a there's a thing called Worldcon, and San Jose is trying to get the 2018 two, 2018 bid for it. This this a lot of the same people were responsible for the Worldcon bid back in 2000. Mm-hmm. That was in San Jose. That was the year Neil Gaiman won yes. for uh, American Gods. But one thing they did that year, and rightfully so, and I expect that they would do it again, is everybody who was at the convention got a booklet of all the downtown restaurants and maps on how to get there and reviews and what. And so, but the other thing I'd say is you have to tell the restaurants that exists. Yeah. So Friday night I go to Cafe Stritch. The owner comes out and asks us both, right? Why are people in costume? Mm-hmm. So why did not Cafe Stritch, one of the best places in downtown San Jose, to hang out, get a yep. bite, and listen to? And they had a, an act. Perfect that night. Entertainment yep. was like it was this ukulele jazz th- trio with uh, with uh, uh, belly dancers, and it was so Comic Con, and it was just coincidental. Yep. And then people were like, "Why? Like, there's no. I mean, because I've been to CineQuest too, where I've been standing in front of Camera Twelve, and people say, "What's what's going on here?" Yeah. And there's you know CineQuest banners everywhere, and no, you know that's also part of the San Jose charm. We're oblivious. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> It's, you know, true. But then I go around the corner Saturday night to House of Pizza. They have nothing. They had no idea there yeah. was a convention. Yeah. And Lon Lopez is related to them. You know, I mean, <coughs> it's just kind of like there was no... That's a block away. That's as, as you just wrote a column talking about House of yeah. Pizza. Yeah, that's the one back towards the freeway from yeah. the convention yeah. center. So, yeah. it's, I mean, it's a block away from the convention center. Yeah. It's the most convenient... It's a pizza place, and it's really cool. <laughs> and it's a great place, convenient to the convention center. They still have all the farm implements hanging up yes, on the walls inside. Yes. Yeah. yes, and we shot some of Crackpot comics there years ago. Oh, okay, so um, it, it's we. I just showed up and made it better. Uh, but anyway, that uh, Lon won't listen this far. Anyway, you know that they weren't reached out to that the Glass House. And partially they had forgotten that it existed, you know, right. that community. But that you could get a sanctioned party and you have Saturday essentially to advertise it. It's like there should have been a community we should have all gotten together. You know, I, I, we, like Family Planet. Has, we need the benevolent dictator. Well, no, <laughs> it's it's a good point. Was and his organization should have reached out to every single restaurant in downtown. And that's not a hard thing to do if you've got the well, org- organization set us in there. Well, there's the downtown association. There's yeah. teams. Well, you know what? This comes down to Team San Jose, uh, which is like basically the Convis Bureau for the city. Yeah. And they really should have recognized the potential for this event and prepared the businesses and really done a lot of marketing. You, you know, know we're, you know who was ready was apparently Johnny Rockets. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. they're so yeah. used to Fanime that they had. Yeah. You know, yeah. they had their their special event menu ready. They got the crowds that they expected. They did fine. But a place like Original Joe's, which got swamped. Right. Well, because, again, if you if you aren't regularly but, hanging out downtown and and somebody asks you, where is there to eat? It's the reputation. It's like saying. But OJ's on a Friday night, too. It's going to be hard to, hard to get in. Well, already. sure. Yeah. Any, but, but it's still it's the only place people know. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Stretch is building its reputation, and it should. But then, and all- that's why you need to tell people about the new Sofa Market, and that's why you need to tell them about walking a couple blocks north to uh, San Pedro Square. Yeah, fall- San Pedro was Square was too far. Well, from what it, where there is, and that's the difference. Is yeah. like when you go when you're in the gas lamp and you walk to get those re- to those restaurants. Oh, these are too crowded, and you keep going, and there's more restaurants. Right. 
there's just the way San Jose is laid out and how little we know. People just Right. You don't know that there's know. another one on the other there end is, of that hill. But, but where the convention center is, there is just nothing around there. Right. That makes it you know, you walk out of the convention, you walk out of the Hilton, you walk out of the Marriott, and you look around and you don't know well, they started mean. putting up the signs, though. They started putting. We need to wrap wrap this this, <laughs> this bit thought up. up. But <laughs> they they've started putting up the signs to say it's a five minute walk to such and yeah, such I downtown. I mean, yeah. because again, I don't want to rip on San Pedro Square. I love hanging out at San Pedro oh, Square, yeah. and there, uh, you know, there's a lot of restaurants over there. Yes. It's just you've got to draw, especially for people out, out of town. And these conventions are going to draw that, especially the way that, that Waz marketed it. He showed up on Conan O'Brien. He wasn't hitting those of us that are geeks in Silicon Valley. We already knew about it. Right. He was trying to get people who watch Conan O'Brien to go, well, maybe I should go to San Jose. And so yeah. I, I, I hope it's not two years. I hope it's next year. I don't want to lose a big, or at least have a big wow. And Well, and the rumors I've heard, or in rumors, just things that I was a, uh, Saturday night, I talked to uh, Waz's wife, and she she said, "Well, we want to do it in San Jose. We love San Jose. We want it. We we could take it to San Francisco because apparently there was some issue with getting the dates at the convention center that they wanted in okay. March. And they said, and if we can't get the dates, we may have to take it to San Francisco. But we don't want to do that. Well, I've heard from Team San Jose they're going to get the dates, so it, I think it's a question of well, and there's you know, and there's just an exhausting thing from the comic side of things." Is that you had? Uh, it was the same weekend as C two E two, which is mm-hmm. a huge Chicago convention. Uh, then two weeks later is Emerald City Comic Con. Uh, WonderCon was the next weekend, and people were asking me, "Am I am I going to go to WonderCon?" And I said, "I'm I'm conned out, exhausted. I, you know, I'm I'm exhausted, and I barely made it to this this one. I think it's worse for me when it's local, quite honestly, because because you're not staying in a hotel nearby. I I don't I All haven't right. disconnected myself from yeah. the day to day." So you go to San Diego, which is our next story, because this morning was Hotel Apocalypse 2016. I would say the best handling of hotel reservations they've done so far. So far. An experiment. We shall see how well it, well it, it went, but, um, you know, interesting. Yeah, I don't think my blood, pre- blood pressure raised much more than maybe <laughs> 10 points during the whole experience. But coming up, it was good for San Jose, I think. I hope they learned a lot. I yeah. hope they did. I hope and I don't want it to go to San Francisco because there's a San Francisco Comic Con in, in uh, September. They, someone started a two-day one up at uh, at Moscone, I think. No, no, it's not at Moscone. But they've got uh, uh, Clara Oswald's coming. Um, the actress. Uh, they've got a lot of celebrity star power going to that. And then right. we've got, we got Campbell Con, which is a land of the Giants reunion and a Power Rangers reunion, and that's going to be fun in, you know, for, for people. I, I think Land of the Giants, I see the twinkle in your eye. I, I'm a big Irwin Allen fan, is no doubt. Yeah, so you know, there, there, there's fun. There's just so much to go to. So let's yeah. talk a little bit about Hotel Apocalypse today, the randomness of... The ordered randomness. I, I, I was the least stressed that I've yeah. been, although I was stressed this morning. But. So so basically, you had to log in between 6 a.m. and 9 a.m. Pacific time. And that would give you an undisclosed random position in line. You were assigned it assigned that when you were on. So there really wasn't a point because, by the way, when it was disclosed, I was like 9,000, and I was there at 6 o'clock. So yeah. I was there at 6, and I was at about 11,000. So I don't know how many people there were actually there, but I felt pretty good about that number. You know, given how many people go to Comic Con, you know that's that that's yeah. like 
in the low and lower seven percent. That's, that's true. Yeah, uh, and, that, and that's not discounting the people that will. I'm sorry, but on the Facebook Comic Con group, which is not officially sanctioned by Comic Con, I know that within the next week there will be people logging on, say, uh, messaging, saying, "Hey, I'm going to Comic Con for the first time. How do I get a hotel?" Exactly. And I well, feel sad. No, I really, which, I feel, you, feel bad for those people. But those people will have can have a chance to get at hotels, and we should. I'm. We can tell our audience the secrets to doing that, and that is the first time you want to look for a hotel is going to be on April 30th or maybe May 1st. When we'll have all released the hotels we didn't want. Well, yeah, people who have gotten extra hotels need to release them then so they don't have to spend a night's night's tax and lodging deposit. I think this is the first year, by the way, that I've noticed that they that hotel fees also hotel rates include an eight dollar shuttle fee. Yeah, and uh, there were a couple that had like a um, Which, there was an additional fee that I had not heard of before. Well, uh, all of them include the co- defray the cost of shuttle, which I think is good because yeah. they're running shuttles. It looked like twenty four seven starting Wednesday afternoon, yeah. until Sunday night. And I think and it's necessary because you know, I, I just saw it, yeah. Sal roll his eyes. But I mean, there are hotels that are up to five miles away, and if yeah. you want to go to a party, I'm just I'm just imagining the 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 staggering number of people. Can you see this happening in San Jose? And I would, and I want that dream for San Jose. You know, the funny thing is that like last year, I was at the Embassy Suites, and which is only about a six minute walk from the hotel to the con. Yeah. I still took. The shuttle because it would bypass the real big crowd on the sidewalk walking in, which was exhausting to walk through and deposit me near the door. You know what would happen? All that has to happen, Rick, is that you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. <laughs> really? And they'll stop haranguing you in those groups. Um, <laughs> I'm, by the way, this year for behavior, I'm, I, it was cute the first couple times, but I'm really tired of the Galactus is nigh. You know, it's like, okay, don't aggravate them. Uh, you know, it, it, it was funny the first time, and I was like, this isn't clever anymore. This is, you know, now it's just, let's just ignore them. Let's walk past them. And, and again, I'm not against people being Christian. I just, why are you protesting on a Sunday? Aren't you supposed to be home resting? But uh, anyway, uh, I, yeah, I, I, I see. Now, the interesting thing is, talk about your pricing. So I, I, I got, uh, an email from someone today to, showing me a screenshot for hotel prices for a different convention yeah. uh, that will be happening earlier, oh, actually yeah. in June. And the hotels are half as much. So hmm. no surprise. our friend Doug Garrett yes. create, has created a convention called Meeple Fest. It's invitational. There are only 70 people that go to it. He, he cuts it off. And they it's are a, fun, believe me. It's a gaming, it's a gaming convention. And it's it's at a hotel that is near the Levi Levi Center Center now Stadium Stadium, which is where all the hotel prices have gone up. We still get the hotel rate of like a hundred and seven dollars a night. Yeah, because it's not Comic Con, and it's 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 still we're going to fill the hotel for them, and they they're and plus Meeple Fest is not going to be. See the thing is. Like, the other thing with Comic-Con, and my argument back to the person who sent me this saying, like, look how cheap these are, is, like, the parties at that convention are not going to be the crazy. Right. One, it's 100% fewer Klingons showing up. Um, And we've been to Klingon parties. Uh, But, I mean, it's just the crazy. You know, because 
Like Ain't Comic-Con. no party like a Klingon party. <laughs> Comic Con is bringing in this. There, there's an element of both. One, there are locals occasionally who get really resentful, so fights break out. There's all kinds. Of, you know, sure. the Hard Rock is going to be like I put in for the Hard Rock because I thought you know if I get it, awesome. Just one solid state at the Hard Rock, but um, you know the party that happens. For Comic Con is going to be crazy because like all of CBS is going to be there. Or the, the one year Matt Ryan, the guy who played Constantine, was like kicked out of his Hard Rock room because he refused to stop smoking. <laughs> but I don't know what he was smoking. You know, it was just yeah. the kind of thing. Is like you, the, the Hollywood people go there, right? And the parties last long and loud. You know, so is now. Now you guys know. Have I shared with you my, my sad little secret that I've never oh, yeah, been yeah, to San yeah. Diego? Okay. Never been to San Diego at well, all. Well, I've never been to the city of San Diego at all. Close I've been to San Marcos, but I've never been to Comic-Con. Okay. Uh, I wanted to so go. So no SeaWorld? No. No, never Well, now there's no Shamus. Yeah. So, so what's, what's the, point? the point? But I, <laughs> I went to, you know, I mean, years ago, like a decade ago, I thought I'm going to go to Comic-Con. It didn't happen. Uh then there's children and life and yeah things happen and now it seems like such a hassle to go that I kind of don't want to. Okay, so here's my question to you right now: Couldn't you get the Bay Area News Group to fund you to fund you to go? Because that's how I first went was uh, Daily the Radar. The Bay Area News Group funded uh, Daily you. <laughs> DailyRadar.com. Daily well, I was going to say, and if they won't, would they fund me? My, my, well, <laughs> I, I, I would say I would say my on-air answer is that. Uh, I don't know that they would because it kind of falls outside of my coverage. Mm. Um, what I regularly do. Mike Antonucci, isn't it? Mike Antonucci retired a while back. What? He works for Stanford now. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, we don't have anyone who actually does this anymore. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm happy oh. to. Um, you just have the guy who does video game reviews every right. now and then. And I think our last, the last time we actually sent someone, the uh, the point of the premise of the story was I think we had. Uh, two women, including I think Karen D'Souza, who's very into Star Trek, oh, yeah, very yeah, into okay. you know uh, a lot Karen of genre things. stuff. Uh, she and uh, someone else went down, and it was sort of a, a woman's perspective of what Comic Con's like. Right, and it's that kind of angle: is what can we do that's different? Because we just don't, and the, we could be wrong given the numbers, the attendance of Silicon Valley Comic Con, that we didn't think that there was an audience for coverage of it. Here See that's that's your Southern pitch. California. That's, that's your pitch. pitch. Might be. Yeah. Not going to happen this year. Maybe next year. But what this leads me to ask is: Is this a continual? Like, will it just always get bigger, or do you, like Steven Spielberg, perhaps, see a point where it gets so big it collapses in on itself, and it goes and back to the crystal skull? San Diego falls off into the ocean because yeah. that was an Aquaman. Well, well uh, I was. I was speaking of Spielberg's comments about superhero movies and how eventually and he's some of the tentpoles are going to stop. Well, so of course some of the tentpoles are going to stop. My thing with Comic-Con is, like I said, when you talk, when you compare it to like Silicon Valley Comic-Con and C2E2 and Emerald City, and there's a controversy I'm not following because I'm not going to go up there. There's a wine country Comic-Con, which is apparently under a cloud of, of controversy. Yeah. That started because there are a lot of people that are fly by night because what has happened is... That there are a lot of people that are seeing, ooh, there's money to be made off the rubes. But what they don't understand is the real fans, uh, and I don't mean to sound dismissive because I really, I hate that attitude. 
I love that anybody approaches fandom and has discovered a fandom at whatever point. I'm not going to quiz anybody except a D23 because that was too crowded. Um, you better be able to you know, answer who Pumbaa is. You know what animal. Um, All three nephews. I was going to say of which of which character, but then I realized no, Morty and Ferdy, Mickey's nephews are only two. Right. Um, so, uh, and which sci-fi movie took their names for a series of robots? Um, so, running silent, silent running, silent running. <laughs> well, I get confused. Rick's so cute. <laughs> the, the lyrics of the song go running silent. In and, anyway, uh, where was I going? Uh, the, 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 it's just it, real fans. Is the real fans can tell when they're being patronized? I've had this conversation with some professionals that, like in the film industry, where we've talked about you know why ultimately as artists you still have to you can't just go where the money is. You have to have passion for it because if you do something insincerely, like I, I'll go back to Zack Snyder. My thing with Zack Snyder is, as much as technically I can respect him as a as a visual stylist, um, and someday we should just do a podcast where we watch Sucker Punch and live commentary through and see if we can actually survive it. How long that podcast will be? Five minutes before I go. No, this is this is horrible. Um, but I I don't believe. And so dear, I don't believe – I believe that he likes Frank Miller. I don't believe that he understands comics. Are we getting back on for, onto Zack Snyder? We, we, no, but what, because what I'm saying is is this is the thing with, with convention. Okay. We know who's just trying to make a buck from us. Sure. And and then that that person or that group dries up. I believe in Steve Wozniak's sincerity. Yeah. I think he just it was just it was just bigger than he anticipated. When you go there, Comic Con, the people that run Comic Con and at D twenty three, I was in line waiting in line with a woman who was part of part of Comic Con. She's one of the Eisner judges this year. And when I saw that she was one of the Eisner judges, I was very excited just because I said, I know she knows her stuff. Mm-hmm. That she's sincere about this, and she was telling me things about comics history I didn't know, and I'm like, this is one of the best conversations I, I've had. Why I love going to conventions, running into somebody and having a different conversation. But I don't know that they can. I I think everything's got to stabilize. The problem is Comic Con they're changing so much because San Diego's still the golden. Go- I mean, it's mm-hmm. like it, that's 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 the one everybody wants to go to although New York is pulling too but at, at eventually and I've heard guys at DC and Dark Horse say this like we don't even know which comic which convention to choose now now San Diego is not doing any of the any of the pay for pay for autograph signing and photograph stuff yes they do oh they do they don't do it themselves but there are groups like uh, a couple of years ago Matt Smith was there for I think it was Entertainment Earth maybe maybe it wasn't Entertainment Earth but I know that they were playing that there were, like, if you go to the Star Wars booth and Carrie Fisher's going to be there, you have to pay for Carrie Fisher. You have to pay for Mark. You have to, if any of those people show up. But it's not those big trough lines where you pay ahead of time the and autograph, it's a couple hundred The autograph and, pavilion. Uh, no, it, it, it I know that there's the autograph pavilion, but I didn't think there were they big. They do? Okay. They, some do. Some do. But even the small guys. Because the reality now is, look, look at Silicon Valley Comic Con, how those guys, Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox. Yeah. The way fans are and how demanding we are as a culture uh-huh. and, and how entitled people feel, uh, they're not charging because they want to make a buck. They're charging, it's as Nathan Fillion once wisely said, uh, you know, it, 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 you're not paid well for for the job you're doing. You're paid for the life you're losing. Hmm. 
and I, I, I feel that at a convention when I would go to Comic Con the first time and a celebrity walked around, it was no big deal. But last year when I got r- knocked over, uh, really knocked over in a crowd by the American Horror Story group and realizing they had to, they were right that you know Sarah Paulson is going to get accosted because someone's like you know, and yet of ten years ago that wouldn't have happened. You know, and it's just, it's the crowd, it's the people, it's the attitude. See, I still go to a lot of conventions where there's like a guest of honor. But they're small. And it's not, yeah, no, no, no. But that's what I'm saying. I bemo- I'm bemoan the, f- the idea that a lot of people are getting introduced to the idea that a, a convention is just this. That it's a it's a great mm-hmm. big pay to, pay to get Nathan Fillion's autograph and that's what you spent half your day doing. Versus, and if you got Christopher Lloyd's autograph or Michael J. Fox's, you didn't spend half your day. That was your day. That was your whole day, right? Because Dave so, Tapia did it, and, but, that, and but, I talked to him. As see, I, I think those people are not learning that there is an entirely different type of convention out there that is is just as, if in my opinion, more fun, where it's about fans. Well, let me go it's back. About, to Sil- it's about your community. To Silicon Valley Comic Con that I went to Chase Masterson's Pop Culture Hero Coalition panel. She asked, and I said, you know, great. Showed up. There was somebody from Amnesty International, somebody from Kiva, which does this microloans. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it makes you feel small and selfish when you're, like, going, <laughs> uh, i got to go buy uh, action figures when there are people that need $5 so they can live right. uh, on their African farm. Pure um, water. But yeah. Nichelle Nichols showed up oh. and joined the panel. Uh-huh. And it was a small room. It was a surprise. Nichelle Nichols came in, and... Somebody asked me afterwards, Steve Altman, because we did the, I did the interview the next morning with Steve Altman, and he said, "Well, how was it?" And I said, "Michelle Nichols shows up, and how often do you go to a com- comic book convention where someone starts talking about her experiences with Dr. Martin Luther King mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and growing up poor, and and giving you an inspirational <coughs> speech about what her parents told her, and, you know, and it's like this is a you know this is a pioneer, yeah, you know? and." It's easy sometimes to forget because they become so they're celebrities. There right. is, you know, right, it's right. like it became very human. And it was a, it was a great moment, and that and those are the things I would agree with you is like going to panels. The best interviews we do are at the smaller things. I regret this is the first year I'm not going to be able to go to Baycon since I've started going to that. And David Gerald is guest of honor, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and I love David. And we've never interviewed him. We've had, he and I have had a couple of conversations through Facebook, and we were at a convention. What was that? In, in that was Sacramento. Uh, Westercon. Westercon. And, you know, really nice guy, charming, yep. deep thinker. You know, and it's just, and at a convention like Bacon, you can actually talk to You can him. sit down at the bar and have a drink with him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why I like going to Gallifrey is because you see, you know. Yep. You're there, and suddenly and that's oh. what I, that's that was my major point. That there yeah. are a whole bunch of different types of conventions than these great, huge. But media even those are cha- but even, even the smaller, like Gallifrey One, everybody's charging. True, true. And, and even the vibe we had last year there was different than this year. But in San, in, in the Bay Area, you have Conqu- uh, you have Convolution, you yeah. have Baycon, you have Fanamecon, you have uh, uh, the Steampunk one. What's that? The uh, Clockwork Alchemy. Clockwork Al- Alchemy. Um, these are all these are all smaller conventions you can go and you don't have to necessarily backpack into the convention and and plan to spend your all day in a line to do whatever you can you can go around and you can talk to other fans and you can meet the guests of honors who are not necessarily a-list celebrities but they're probably people you've heard of or read their works or whatever so that's that's 
and, and that's and still I, there big at Silicon Comic Con because there were a lot of comics artists. I mean, yeah, we shall t- when we talk comics. Hey, Liam Sharp was there mm-hmm. with Made Fire. Nobody's talking to Liam. Two weeks later, Liam's announced as the new artist on Wonder Woman, as I say now for Rebirth. And now people walking out of Batman v Superman. It's Liam's version of Wonder Woman that everybody's going to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could have talked to him for nothing a month ago. So now it's going to cost you people $2.99 once let's, a month. Let's move on. Let's move let's... on to that because I think that's the uh, – no, we. I had one other note on comics before that, which is – oh, yes. Uh, I want to offer Fanboy Planet up for sale because Comic Book Resources sold this week – for a rumored, according to a, a site uh, called Worth of Web that clocks hits and so forth, Public Resources sold for a rumored $62.5 million to a Canadian company that also runs ScreenRant.com. Jonah wow. Weiland, uh, who I met many, many, many years ago at WonderCon, and Comic Resources is a very good site with a huge staff, and they've got an office in North Hollywood, and it's lovely, and my friend Rob Worley uh, works for them occasionally. Uh and uh, and Hannibal Tabu, they uh, yeah Jonah just essentially retired. Said no, I got many things I want to do. Sixty two point five million dollars. Sal, if we were to sell the Mercury, um, I don't know that you would get that. Yeah, um, not now, not now. Uh, but I mean, somebody at least learned how to make money off the internet. Well, and here's what they said: yeah. is like so. They, there was a comparison of like other, other top comics news sites. Which, uh, family Planet wasn't there, so listeners, um, help. Uh, no, because I realize, you know, I, what we what we do is essentially blogging, and and our thing has always been don't quit your day job, and it's very easy to come in on a Tuesday or Wednesday night and get together, and I love this conversation, mm-hmm. and that's the fun part. The day to day is harder when you've got jobs, right? But uh, you know, and they've got this huge staff, but uh, we didn't crack that. But even the DC website is only worth one point seven million. And they have IP. Yeah. <laughs> well, but we all get to use their IP. As sure, sure, sure. Because sure. we're reporting on it. But, uh, you know, so good for Jonah. But I just thought it was kind of interesting. And, you know, so. But I'm, I'm saying, what did they buy? Um, I, the name, obviously. They're huge because the, they've got the yacht at okay. Comic-Con. And they've, they do the interviews. They've got. They've got. They they have, is it the staff that yeah, comes the with staff it? All stays with it. Um, my belief would be that they're the it's it's probably the best known comic site. Okay, and I think they're so very well run, and a lot of in, in studios too. Studios give them they're always going to be the first. The thing is, the reality in the internet is, um, once one site runs with it, every site can run with it. So yeah. the idea of exclusive is. You know, all, you watermark the photo, and it's like, yeah, we got these from comic book resources. Okay, I try not to do that, but you know, every now and then a story is too good. You have to pull one and go, all right, it's got the CBR. Uh, you know, that's fine. I'm, we're not going to lie about that. Or Entertainment Weekly has it. You know, but but that's the funny thing is Warner will give stuff to comic book resources before they give it to Entertainment Weekly. Although I think it's shifting that every site like Marvel's worth a lot more than DC because what Marvel has done is branded their own conversations and their own interviews mm-hmm. a lot uh-huh. bit more effectively than right. DC did. Mm-hmm. DC has all access and it's growing, but you know, it's not, it's not the same right. because DC also doesn't have what Marvel has, which is Marvel comics unlimited and DC doesn't have DC comics unlimited DC CU. Um, 
they need to go to that model, and I don't know why they have And their digital, their digital comments don't have near the face. Well, and they've of, outsourced it. I mean, right. that's the thing. is, And that's the, and that's the mistake uh, Borders did when they outsourced their online sales to Amazon. And Amazon went, why should we be running your site when – and so pff, Borders went down, right? Yeah. Um, so let's talk about DC, though, uh, because they did announce a couple weeks ago we haven't had a chance to talk about Rebirth, the yeah. idea of going back to the beginning – I'm not going to do what's in the bag this week because we've almost been too good. And it's Tuesday night. Yeah. Uh, but just to talk about we've seen the rebirth stuff, and um, I'm going through. I'm only like two or three short of getting all of them all up of them there. In. Yeah. Um, and doing a little bit of analysis of what I understand, and, and say what books in rebirth, which is not a reboot and never was, <laughs> um, getting back, to, but still really getting back to the basics of storytelling and giving people what they want. What books are exciting you? Or intriguing you because I, I know that, you know I got a comment. Someone said it seems like we try really hard to be positive about DC and it's getting harder and harder. And I thought that was an unfair comment. There are things I really like about DC, and I'd say probably if I have friends in the industry, they're more often than not with for with DC rather than Marvel. So I'm rooting for them to succeed. You know, um, but it is clear it's like saying with Batman v Superman. I care about those characters in a way that I just don't care about most of the Marvel characters. I like the Marvel characters, mm-hmm. but I grew up being a DC boy. So what's... So, like, okay, so one of the top ones for me, I'm really looking forward to it. I don't know that much about it because it's, well, half of it is a character that hasn't really been in anywhere recently, and that's Super Sons. But he has been, and that's what we have to catch up. Where has he been? Jonathan White. He's in Lois and Clark. Hmm. Oh, he's the son of that Lois and Clark. And the other thing that comes out of that, you know, I read like the first three issues of that, and I've stacked all the rest of them. I up. would agree with you that that's probably that's one of the books that I'm most excited about yeah. because when the title was announced, I was like, "Well, what? that's an imaginary story." And then when I see it, and it's Damien and Jonathan, who I have not read the the Lois and Clark books, um, but now I got to go ca- catch up on yeah. them is the other thing with Rebirth is what people have noticed is the new 52 Superman is missing. He's not in any of those books. Hmm. He's not in action. He's not in Superman. He's not in Super Sons. He's not in Justice League. He's missing, which means that you're going to the pre-New 52 Superman, the one with the spit curl, and maybe the one with the trunks, so, uh, so well, or the one with the black suit, depending on. I'm not. Well, after, well, he's got a black suit in the Lois and Clark. No, but yeah, he's back. In, but he's back okay. in the blue suit and all the right. Yeah. And he's he's been outed as Clark Kent too in the right. current book book right. lines. And, that, and, by, and so by issue rebirth that goes away. It goes away. So it's he. They made a deal with Mephisto and sold that character to Marvel. <laughs> um. The one that I think is actually uh, probably closest to an actual reboot is the way it sounds for Supergirl. Yes. Um, Although my thing with that is I also suspect that part of it's bad reporting or, again, that sort of accepting at face value what a press release says. Yeah. Because the LA Times wrote a thing and said, she's going to find out. It's going to be revealed that Cyborg Superman is her father. I'm like, that was revealed two years ago. Um, And so... You know, I I do, but that is a character desperately in need of one because if you're going to align, yeah, with, with and the, don't align with the movie, align with the TV, TV series, or, yeah. because good lord, you know, I mean that stuff is all gangbusters, great, 
But the other thing with not this TV series, you need a Supergirl that fits with the DC superhero girls, which is a charming little boom, short attention span theater thing. But Luke and I powered through a whole bunch on Comcast and went, this is fun. <coughs> this is goofy. It's not, but as I, I have a friend who's, who works on it and, and he said, like, if you notice every background character is officially in DC continuity. We don't, they didn't take anybody that's not, right. um, you know, that's not in the comics. So everything is, it's a, it's a series. And, and I know Mike Carlin, uh, is wor- who was responsible for the death of Superman long ago, um, is working in animation and he's very proud of, of this little series. And it's, again, you, you've got to, you know, we, as we've joked many times, comic book readers like children of men. We need that next generation. We need those people enthralled. And you need a book like Supergirl that gets young young women reading it, like Batgirl has, clearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Gotham Academy will continue. So that's the other thing that's kind of left out on the side is there are a lot of books that aren't affected by it at all. They're not mentioned. And they're you, not mentioned. The assumption is that they're going to continue. Many, many are continuing yeah. and they just haven't really specified out. So, so Gotham Academy will continue, which has been a, a big success. Um and the the flip, why Super Sun's is going to work because it's like look, I saw online already of the hatred, too much Damien worship. Where's Tim Drake? I'm like, you know what? People loved Tim Drake 20 years ago. Yeah, I like Tim Drake, but Damien is the bomb. Damien, I won't say it because I'm not allowed to use the bomb because I'm old. Uh, you know, da bomb. That uh, Damien resonates with 12 year olds right now. He was 10. He resonated with 10-year-olds, but I think now he's 12. If he's going to count as a teen titan. Yeah, I think so. He's going to leave that. You know, so he's 12. He resonates. He's a believable character. And I, and I lay that at the feet of Peter Tomasi. I mean, Grant Morrison created him, but Peter Tomasi, Patrick Gleason, and Mick Gray, you know, really made him with that Batman and Robin book. And then Robin's son Robin of Batman. Batman's just been off the you know, chain. So, you know, so if you're going to put him in, my God, you, <laughs> you think you're like an 18-year-old urban youth. Shh. You'd never know he's 70 and as white as it comes. We can't even let him out in the sun. I'm scruffy. His, I know, and it, but it's shaped like it's on purpose. It's um, the, uh, but, but that he's leading Teen Titans. So you've yeah. got him in Teen Titans. <laughs> he thinks he's leading Teen Titans. <laughs> well, I, I love, love that. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you've got him in Teen Titans. You've got him in, in Super Sons. The thought of him with Jonathan White going, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, it, and again, that makes perfect sense to me. He's doing everything the other Robins have done. Yeah. And he... And because he has to prove that he's better. It's perfect sense. Let Tim come back somewhere else. Yeah. But right now, even if you're going to knock Damien down a peg, because that's the that's the reality of storytelling too. Marvel's doing that, whether they're honest about it or not. We're, we're just really careening from from era to era, arc to arc. So anything the- they do with Rebirth is... Is this is six months? Tell in, that story in the same vein with what you're talking about. I got a thrilled, I, I got a th- real thrill. Can you conjugate tonight? He's so thrilled. He I got can't a can't thrill, conjugate. thrillingly thrilled that Detective Comics is turning into a Batman family book. Yeah, that although interesting, was, which I hadn't picked up initially, is the two characters we don't know that are on the cover that look very noble with Batman. Yeah, they're his enemies. Oh, really? Because they think. He is not doing a good job. That he's bad for Gotham. Interesting. So they're sworn. They look like J- J- uh, Jan and Jace from Space Ghost. They look like chessmen. You know, the remember the chessmen organization back in the day. Checkmate. Checkmate. In checkmate. Yeah, yeah. but the yeah, agents but were called chessmen. They were pawns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, 
No, they they got the bass. They're Jan, they're Jan and Jace. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but they, but I had not picked up initially that they are they're, they're opposed to Batman. Oh, okay, but that you've got a Bat family again because that's what I wrote on on Family Planet is like when I was a kid, Batman family was my favorite book because that family was, made sense. Yeah. Superman family, as cool as they, some of those characters may have been, you were stretching with Jimmy Wallace. It's kind of an anthology book. Well, well, and Batman Family's anthology too, but it's like, but you knew, I I got the connection, and if there was, you know, you got Batman and Robin, or you got, you know, Batgirl stories, I think it's where I first started reading Kathy Kane and and Betty Kane, you know, the original Batwoman and Batgirl. Um, So, like that, you know, uh, I'm trying to think what else, oh, Uh, the... New Superman uh-huh. uh, is an interesting idea. Gene Luen Yang, mm-hmm. uh, local boy, uh, who is the, there's a, a guy in Shanghai who gets the powers of Superman, but doesn't have the morality, the training, the attitude. And they're like, okay, we've seen many alternate heroes, alternate takes on established heroes, but this feels different. It's going to be a little. Uh, it's going to be an interesting, probably a cultural education for us as well as readers. And I trust Gene Lewin because I, I and I'm not saying it just because he's local. It's like I have not read a book by him that I have not, if not out and out loved, uh, that I just respected the hell out of what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Even the kids' book, Secret Coders, his teaching kid to code in in graphic novel series. It's like it's fun. Whatever take he takes, but the Shadow Hero. If you haven't read the Shadow Hero, have you? I've not read the Shadow no. Hero. It's but, uh, it's the one where he took this public domain. Uh, golden age character the green turtle who had no origin and but he was drawn but but historically accurately i mean historically true by one of the few asian americans working in comics in the golden age and so the stories of the shadow uh, of the of the green turtle take place he's a freedom fighter in china but he's not really quite allowed to the theory is because nobody knows anything about historically the development was one of the smaller companies is he wasn't really allowed to portray the guy as Chinese oh so it's like so you don't know anything about who the secret identity is it was never developed in those original stories so he Gene Luen Yang and Sonny I think it was Sonny Liu um, took took that idea and then gave it a complete origin and backstory set in San Francisco Chinatown in the 30s and it is awesome it's a great cultural story of the culture shock of being the son of immigrants of what it was like to be chinese in san francisco in the 30s and the story is in what is it it's a graphic novel called the shadow hero the shadow hero and uh you know and even explaining why uh why an asian american would occasionally have pink skin as a superhero because that's the shot. The green turtle has pink skin in the comic, in the original stories, and so he has an explanation as to why, why? he could appear that he would appear that way. And so it's uh, it's it's just brilliant. But then he's got the boxers and saints, the mm-hmm. uh, rebellion uh, history, and of course American-born Chinese, which is just one of the yeah. best. But yeah. and his run on Superman, though probably editorially hobbled, and the art was inconsistent. What a great out there run, you know. I mean, it's. I don't think anybody would have relished being handed. Okay, he's not going to have a secret identity, and everybody's going to know about it, and he's going to be depowered, and he's constantly going to be, you know. And and so, what can you do with that? And that he made that thankless task into something really readable and enjoyable, you know, just proves. So and, I'm. Yeah. I have to wonder if this concept that he's doing here wasn't part of his original pitch with DC when. You know, he came on to do Superman. He's like, "Look, this is what I want to do," and they're like, "Okay." 
You well, can and I also that. think it, it could be an interesting exploration of what does it mean to be Superman. And the t- in the title, the it's the Superman, the right? new Superman. The, okay, because it kind of harkens back yeah. to the original. And Superman is hyphenated. The too. original, yeah, yeah, the original, the original pitch or the original creation. I don't think they ever pitched right. it was the Superman. Yeah, and he was very. It was a, diff- a very yeah. different character by Siegel and Schuster. One of the big thing that we hadn't talked about was the rebirth of the Green Lantern franchise. Yes, although you know, in, in the, so that's interesting. The thing is, it's not so much a rebirth as they've they had fallen away. I mean, that's the thing is a right. lot of this it does feel like it's like, oh, you mean you want us to stop writing doing the stories the way you don't like them, and you wanted us to do it again like right. the way you did like them? Only now we want to appeal to younger again. Um, there's room for the books that appeal to like the video games, which is what I felt a lot of New Fifty Two did was it was it was. It was video game morality. It was video game action. It was trying to get that, you know, catch those guys that are playing Call of Duty and Assassin's Creed and those kinds of right. games. It was dark and savage in, in a lot of places where it wouldn't. Like, I, I still don't understand why Deathstroke is viable as a book. He's viable as a guy running through the DC universe that nobody wants to cross right, paths with. Right. But then again, if Deadpool did well, you know, I said if Deadpool met the most interesting man in the world, you would end up with Deathstroke. Uh, so <laughs> it's only not as funny. And But there are so many books going going back. Green Lantern, where you have uh, Baz. The Simon one, Baz. Simon Baz, who had been appearing in Justice League briefly, never quite took off as a character. It was yeah, a really I, good I was take on like, it. Where did he go? And Veronica Cruz. Of course, Cruz, I stopped reading Green Lantern. And, and Veronica. Well, see, I did too when it yeah. split off into all these different ones. And that's what. And I've heard even uh, Steve Mix has been on the podcast. The, the author has said like he was a huge. Because he's former military. He loves Green Lantern, the idea of the core. And he. You know that should resonate again. Steve Mix is an author, not the not the author of Green Lantern. No, no, yeah. but he, he wrote uh, Goodbye from the Edge of Never, right. and uh, he's uh, or is it Goodbye from the Edge of Tomorrow? Great Edge of Never, because I get confused with the Tom Cruise movie. Um, the zombie, you write zombie fiction, and uh, but he was he, he was uh, you know military, and he, so he loves Green Lantern, but he stopped reading yeah. Green Lantern because it had split, it become all those different things. Whereas you want to give me a Green Lanterns book. Which is Power Simon Ring. Baz and Veronica Cruz right. both call themselves Green Lantern, but they're but she's Power Ring. She's the Earth Three right. Volthoom. Uh, she's got the spirit of Volthoom in her in her mm-hmm. ring. Um, and then you Hal Jordan and the Green Lanterns core is like okay, good. You're positioning that for the 2020 Green Lantern core movie. Yeah. All right, I'm with it. I'm with it. But in the meantime, give me some, give kids something new or try something different. Uh, keep up with Batgirl. The way it would, and you revamp Wonder Woman by bringing Greg Rucka back in. I, I seriously recommend go back and you can find those trade paperbacks. Read Greg Rucka's previous run, and it's a long epic. It's it actually is care. It's a little slow moving, but not if you read it all all at once. You know, if you read six issues at a time, ah, oh, the story makes it has a much better shape than it did as a. As a monthly, and I think we have to thank Mephisto again because apparently Nightwing is back. Yes, yes, yeah. and he's so, better than Batman. People, people aren't going to remember that he is uh, Dick Grayson, Super Spy Dick Grayson, right? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know how they're going to handle that because I'm behind on Batman and Robin Eternal, uh, which I think is setting up and explaining that, but I'm not, I'm not positive. I'm, I read I'm, those those as outside of the I, I maybe read, the same way as I, I, I think like Scott Snyder's new All Star Batman is going to be outside of continuity. Yeah. I think, but uh, you know, in the meantime, it's yeah. just. Everything seems fun. 
Uh, I just see there are books that I'm not going to buy because I wouldn't have bought them before anyway. Right. You know, but but there's a lot more that I'm interested in. Okay, I want to give that a shot. I I can I can see a clear four or five books that I will definitely buy, and I haven't been able to say that about DC for a year. So there we go. I like the idea that they're trying something. I'm sad that they have to, because they tried something. I mean, like even Red Hood and the Outlaws. I read that book. I liked that book. I know you did, and I didn't, and I and I said that. But the interesting thing is when you put now <laughs> Red Hood and his outlaws are now because mm-hmm. their his former outlaws all went to Titans because they now remembered they were once part of the Teen Titans. Right. Um, his his outlaws now are Bizarro and Artemis, <laughs> like. That is just bizarre, yeah. And maybe that'll be—they're like the dark versions of the Trinity, which we're also getting a Trinity book, because again, they're finally taking a page from Marvel. Hey, put a book on the stands that looks like the movie you were trying to get people excited about, right? So, it's smart. It's smart. And the Trinity—the previous Trinity book was good. Let's let's move into shall we movies since we're saying it uh, uh, in the news. Uh, Warner is licensing out. I can't remember the name of the studio, but Speedy Gonzalez is once again ah, yeah, 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 yeah. in development. Arriba, Arriba, Arriba. Yes, yeah, yeah. that is uh, to use the parlance of the day, problematic. I think. Okay, so here's the thing that I read. Uh, I, that was my first thing. I was like, wait, because who? Uh, uh, oh, the guy, uh, stand-up comedian um, George Lopez had tried yeah, to yeah. develop it a few years ago, and I thought it was problematic. Apparently. Speedy Gonzalez is huge in Latin America, and that's why they want to do it. Hmm. Yeah, and just as oddly enough, and it's never made it to the United States. But there's a there's a, a CG Top Cat movie in Latin America. Because, really? Because Top Cat is one of the most popular Hanna Barbera characters. As well, Top Cat should be. Yeah. Wow. But, but I mean, yeah. Go ahead, look it up on on YouTube. You can find the trailer. It's in I, Spanish. I will. But there is a CG Top Cat movie that never has been released up here. Um, There's just no way, was, though, you so can I'd do. Like to remind Top Cat was based on Phil Silver's, uh, right? On the Sergeant Bilko Sergeant show. Bilko. But yeah. I just want to remind people that we're not the only culture that matters. But we're the one that seems to protest the most, though. Yeah, well, you know what we do best? It's the Umbridge States of America. You know, that's what the U stands for now. Um, so, I mean, I mean yeah. my first reaction was it's problematic. And then I thought... Well, maybe it's not for us, and maybe am I just well? What is unheroic about Speedy Gonzalez? Okay, and Slowpoke Rodriguez is uh, you know a stereotype too. But then, and then, but you have Speedy Gonzalez. I mean, it's like fighting against this is one character. Everything you know, I, I don't know. So, and I, I don't know what approach. They, I think they said they're going to do an origin story. So he's going to be a police scientist, <laughs> and, <laughs> a little mouse police scientist. He's a mouse struck the- by lightning. By the way, are you guys watching The Flash? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What, what are your thoughts on these latest developments that, that they're... Or the time least, travel one they just did? Well, with the supposed... Well, now we know what's going on with Zoom, and, and it's just... Well, you know that the, there are two... There's still two of the Zooms of the... Uh, what's his name? The, Jay Garrix. Jay, Jay Garrix. There's the Jay Garrick and the Iron Mask who's yes. in the cell. Right. And then there's the... Hunter Zolomon. Who went back and pretended to be Jay Garrick? That's what I think happened. Yeah. Yes. So and and which and who died? Did anyone die? Nobody died. Nobody died. No, that was all. That was all. Uh, just whatever. Just whatever the molecules were moving there just kept on moving and didn't do any damage. Well, no, but he dropped the body. We've seen three three of them at, at once. 
He dropped the body down. Easy for a speedster to pretend to but be. Why, why would he do who? that? Why would he to do To who? That? He's alone? With to Jay and the Iron Mask. <laughs> to Jay and the Iron Mask going, look how good I am. I look like I'm dead. Now I'm not. And oh, yeah. So, okay. so, you know, then he took up and said, well, this is problematic. So that was his that was his line about it was his problematic. So I think yeah. while we're recording, we may be actually missing the episode that next explains. Uh, that's true. That's a good point. <laughs> Tomorrow morning, Hulu. Woo-hoo. Oh well, uh, yeah. never what mind. Do I think about it? It's good, but well, yeah. podcasting was more important. I, I will say, you know, I'm watching with, with my kids, and they're both a little bit confused, and and actually a little devastated because they like Jay, and right now. They think, I think Jay, Jay is I, Zoom. They don't know what's what happening. Hunter right. Zolomon right. is Zoom in the second that they, I mean the comics. And so when they said, oh, this is my one doppelganger, right. I was like, yeah. well, that's who Zoom is. Yeah. But I like, you have to, you know, you do have to know that. And then when they did the Supergirl Flash crossover, that was so adorable. I'm uh, be, I'm way behind on Supergirl, so I, I haven't watched that one yet. I skipped because I had to okay. watch it. Because <laughs> it was like, I've been tempted. Uh, I, because it, it doesn't get in the way of Flash continuity at all. And... In fact, they have not explained. We're getting into TV. <laughs> yeah, I know, but, but it's Sal's fault. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, but they have not explained yet on the Flash whatever incident causes him to get over to. Right, that. I noticed and that I, there's not been any. And I think bridge. that's actually I read someplace that that's referenced tonight. Oh, okay. Okay. Good. And where he's got the thing on his chest. Yeah. Yeah. That. So okay. Okay. So that's good. Zoom, so zoom, fast. Yeah. So it, it's you know it was a fun episode. Uh, Bautista. Uh, tweeted a photo of himself with a wrestler paper unicorn. Yes, Dave Bautista, wrestler. No, please, we don't know him as that. We know him as Drax, and or as, Mr. Hinks, uh, Hinks, Mr. Hinks, uh, in Inspector. Uh, so he's joined the cast of Blade Runner Two. Hmm. So, which is now available on Netflix, the theatrical cut. So I may show my kids that, uh, at least my daughter, because she's seventeen. Uh, it is it, my recollections is R. So, uh, but it's an early '80s R, so it might be a little softer. I can never remember if because like early '80s PGs were harder than today's PGs. Oh, definitely. That's why they created PG-13. Right, but the R's might be they're a little easier. Yeah, yeah, they're more like what PG-13 used, used to be. Yeah. Used to be. So uh, there's nothing much to say there other than hey, you know, I I love that Bautista is really turning into this. You think he's going to be a replicant? No, because he's got the paper, uh, the, the unicorn. I well, he might be, but I would also suspect he could be working on the other side, like oh. the Edward J. Mo- James almost role in Blade Runner. I don't know. That's could be the way he po- the way it posed, and I, I associate the unicorn with that, with, uh, the the origami rather the right. origami unicorn that way. Although, yes, I know that later Ridley Scott put that image in, but I don't think that's in the theatrical cut. I think the unicorn. Is in the director's cut. It's only in the director's mm-hmm. cut because it's also because it's actually the unicorn shot from Legend <laughs> that <Right>. he <clears throat> cut out and put it into the movie. I don't care what anybody else says. Uh, you know, uh, and Drew Campbell and I were talking about that a little bit on Facebook, just how like we, I, as, as much as the director's cut is allegedly the artist's statement, theatrical cut is the one I know. It's the one I love. Yeah, I grew up watching that over and over and over. I could quote with the voiceover with the with the board voiceover that I could I could quote along with you know side by side right. line by line. So move over to that. Sony has registered a bunch of domain names. So pick I which love title the fact that like. this 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 is a, this is the the way things get leaked nowadays. Yes, potential Spider Man titles: Homecoming, uh-huh. Coming of Age, Spider Man: Greatness Awaits. 
Spider-Man, which I actually kind of like this one, though it's a terrible title, but it's funny. Spider-Man Suspended. <laughs> it works on two levels. <laughs> it does. So does Homecoming. Um, I, I actually kind of like Spider-Man Homecoming. Greatness Awakes is a, is a tagline. It is not yeah. a... It is not a title of a film. So I we don't know. It's just they registered a bunch. And I suspect it maybe you know, the thing is this is how news leaks, but it's also studios have to like now think about have we got every possible domain that somebody could Yeah. Because who was it? It was Jeb Bush that forgot to renew Rude. his and then <laughs> Donald Trump's campaign bought it. Yeah. So I mean, there's a whole level of cyber marketing that people have to be super savvy to and to be careful of. So I like coming of age, actually. Of the bat. If they make him Coming of age of Ultron. No, <laughs> no, but, but you know if they if they keep him being like about sixteen, because I heard somebody say like we've done that, we've seen this. We're like, yeah. no, we really haven't seen him deal with being a high school student. Even the Andrew Garfield, yeah, they got to high school graduation, but but like the Tobey Maguire films, it was just such an afterthought that yeah. that struggle of the daily, you know, that was fun in those first three years. So if you go back and read those Lee and Ditko, of how is he balancing all that? Right, life? I didn't do my homework. Yeah, which is now Miles Morales is going through, which I, I yeah. find yeah. enjoyable in, in those books. So, <laughs> I love the the Miles and Ms. Marvel and and uh, oh uh, da, 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 Nova the, yeah. that that trilogy that that uh, Trinity Trinity yeah yeah and and there you go. See, DC's just picking up what Marvel did. Gee, make young new versions of the characters that don't crap on what you did before right they those characters still existed but this is one to get the next generation and that's why that's why damien works yeah you know so let's see uh anyway uh of course the uh, fox released their x-men apocalypse for horsemen posters nothing to say there except that so they, it's storm angel storm angel magneto and cyborg which surprised me i didn't realize the cyborg was going to be one of the yeah horsemen of the apocalypse although you look up at imdb and I think it's because they're talking about it historically. There are four other actors given the names Death, Famine, Pestilence, and War. So, character names. So, I think that we may have, like, see earlier versions of incarnations hmm. of the Four Horsemen. Since we know from some footage that there's, you know, there's going to be at least an origin sequence for Apocalypse. So, an idea of, like, through history he's had these these uh, sidekicks or whatever you want to call them. Yeah, yeah. Henchmen. Some days you just got a hench. Henchmen. You got a hench. And, of course, Doctor Strange. I think they staged this whole thing. You think so? Because the incredibly secretive Marvel (laughs) wraps production on Sunday and lets Benedict Cumberbatch walk in in full costume and makeup into Jim Hanley's universe in New York City. Of course they And buy comics. Um, And then there's so many. I think that's just a present to the actor. You know, you say, okay, but they leave, we're done. So, but they let him tweet whereas there are other, like, and you see any other actor go on a talk show and they go, hey, what can you tell I us about the tell movie? You Is that a red dot on your forehead? You know, is that a red light? <laughs> it's, and right, it's like, right. yeah, Marvel's going to take you out. And so it's like, this is just too, too much is out there. It was there. fun, though. I mean, well, no, no, I'm not saying it's not, but I think, I think that Marvel staged it. Yeah. Cause, especially because there's the. That they've got this like footage of them all like leaping through the streets, right? <laughs> like they, you know, they were joking. Yeah, well, he's he's doing a hand gesture as yeah. he w- runs along, crouching. I well, bet I think, I think we'll see it on the DVD. Yeah, it may be, it may be actually that what it's one of those things like the uh, I was listening to Kevin Smith talk about directing the Flash. He says like you know 
learning how the special effects are done where it's like well i'm afraid of the running he goes well no all you have to do is like you just he just poses like he's about to take off and then see special effects take over the rest and i'm sure that's like what we're seeing is dr strange like landing <laughs> i saw this animated gif of um superman uh with lois right there in front of him and he's going to take off and it's obviously yeah. the, the mechanic the the actual effect where he just he pelvic thrusts forward and stiffens yes and looks up yeah I and, saw it, that. and it just it looping it just looks it very suggestive. And then they go to the boom mic. Um, you know. <laughs> very suggestive, like you saying, he pelvic thrusts, stiffens, yeah. and then goes up. Yes. <laughs> uh, Rick has a different definition of suggestive okay. than we do. I uh, see. Uh, I called it blunt, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, overt. Uh, so, uh, and then we saw uh, Mads Mickelson in that makeup. And the only reason I was going to say... Uh, you suggested Silver Dagger, which is not a character I'm, I'm familiar with. It's from the Brunner Run. Um, I'm, I, I would just think that they that Marvel history is uh, go with the big villains. Yeah, you know it's, it's, but he could just be. A, a, but the other thing I'd say is that there's other characters, there are other actors around with the same facial makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's. I, you know, I I, I don't I, I don't know that it's he, he he was definitely dressed like an like an acolyte some kind of like and so it could have been what is the is it the 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 Lemurians the, is that the sons of the serpent yeah um so that's what I'm thinking which maybe which get... which Marvel tied back into Cull and and that would make sense I mean because the other thing we do know is that the, that uh, whatever's going on in Doctor Strange because I can't remember who said it but but that what was happening on Agent Carter with the dark matter uh-huh. mm-hmm. is supposed to i mean it's, it's of course been in agents of shield but it's also going to be explored in doctor strange it's going interesting to where because once you've got that inner interstellar travel you're getting interdimensional travel too. right that right has been a no that's cool it. i think it's a good mechanism i think that yeah, they've got so it that'll be the crossover so it's interesting and you can see most of those photos if not all at fanboy planet uh, I wanted to call attention to a little, almost superhero movie that came out this last weekend uh, called Midnight Special. Uh, that it's in limited release right now, and I'm hoping it's get a wider because it's a smart, very smart, real, almost realistic because we're still talking science fiction slash fantasy uh, approach to what what do people do in the presence of an actual super being. And it, it, Michael Shannon, I, I'm watching it going, okay. So you look at the cast and I go, all right. So at one point, they're in a hotel room. It's uh, General Zod, Uncle Owen Baru. <laughs> uh, no, uh, Uncle Owen Lars, right? Sorry. General Zod, Owen Lars, and Mary Jane Watson are uh, helping, are <clears throat> teaming up. It's Birdman ruined me, you know, because yeah. that's what, you, know, no. you start looking at how many people have been in superhero movies. Uh, and, and Kylo Ren, because Adam Driver's in it as well as an NSA agent, and uh, dealing with, with like a, a a cult in Texas that has a kid on the compound who is developing superpowers, and his father kidnaps him from to rest, rescue him from the cult and and help him in however way way he can and it's kind of and it's really well constructed because you're actually in the middle of the action the kidnapping's already happened you're piecing together the other thing but and you know you're sort of in the in the, in the presence of somebody somewhere knew what they were doing because like Sam Shepard is the leader of the cult and Sam Shepard doesn't do crap 
Right. You know, <laughs> so like, once he walks in, I'm like, not a lot of people realize this, but if Sam Shepard's in the movie, that script must have been really good <laughs> for one of the best living American playwrights to go, all right, I'll do a role. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, so uh, it's really, really a cool, I'd say little movie. I mean, it is. It is a small, it's a small, low budget sci fi film, and uh, it's, if you can catch it, it's, it was, it was sort of, washed some of the taste out of seeing so many blockbusters and I was just like ah, just a good mm. script can do something interesting. There was even a touch of Tomorrowland in it and I felt like hmm. oh if only they'd done this in Tomorrowland that would have been a better film you know so it was uh, I, I hardly recommend that. We go to television now it, uh, we're not talking Flash though we you know we just did so uh, Stars is announced today they're launching their own streaming service which is weird because they're also on Hulu, I think for extra you can, you can get stars. Uh, is it Hulu? Yeah, Showtime and Stars. You can pay extra on Hulu Plus to and, get Showtime and, and Stars Showtime programming. And stars, yeah, programming. Do you have a PS4? I have a three. You have a PS3. So do I. I've, I've been meaning to look into what their PS View. Yeah, it I, is. Did, I, I didn't know if that had been around for a while. I was going to talk about that because I've been seeing ads. Yeah. For it, and I don't remember seeing things for it before, but I got to look into it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but anyway, so, so stars, and I thought, well, stars now, well, you would get Ash versus Evil Dead, yeah, and then you've got American Gods coming, mm-hmm. so uh, and Black Sails, people love Black Sails, and I suppose you would have access to all of Spartacus, right? Um, so there's some program, that might, and it's only eight dollars, and it'll be an app, but the problem is, it's like at some point. When is it going to get cheaper to just go back to cable again? Because right, because you're so buying all these. You, you, pay. you buy five or six eight dollar services, and you're kind of well. Because like, I think HBO is like fifteen yeah. uh, a month, and it's just, and everybody keeps coming at, at us with with you know it's only this, it's only that, and I forgot what I downloaded today. Uh, everything's that that pay to play, that licensing monthly fee, right? And I know it's a great model for them, but you add it all up, it's like crap. It's as big as a cable bill. You might as well go back to cable. The only the only the only benefit, well, the type mobility uh, is that you don't get all those other channels you don't actually watch. You know all the. But if it costs more, if it costs less to have more channels that I don't watch, right? Oh well. Um, I'm trying to be millennial thinking. It's like, I, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it's true because that's what it is. It's that pick and choose mentality. Yeah. And then. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's how I end up like you know I'm five dollars short from the one point gas point five dollars short at Safeway to save a dollar. So you I buy almost, that, and I buy that five dollars, that three pound you know, bag of paprika that you that, don't really need. That's exactly. How did you know? It was always it's always paprika. Uh, Amazon confirmed that uh, the Tick is coming back with Peter Serafinowitz, who was in Guardians of the Galaxy and Parks and Recreation, and a brilliant a British comedian. It did not strike me as tick worthy, but um, it could be, but then the thing that filled me with terror: the show will be darker and more grounded. And when everybody was excited that Amazon was talking about reviving the Tick, and Patrick Warburton is going to serve as executive producer, mm-hmm. once again, everybody wants a return to that Fox show. Yeah, to those seven episodes produced by Barry Sonnenberg, and that's not what Amazon's going to give us. So I can't, you know, for the last year that like it was a zombie story on on Facebook. People going, the tick is back, the tick is back, and there's a picture of Ron Perlman and Patrick Warburton 
one of the best episodes of that of that first. Hopefully, run. they'll go back to the comics because the comics were even crazier than the TV series. The comics were really manic and had but a were lot. Were they darker and more grounded? No, because Ben Edlund is the guy saying it's darker and more grounded. And this is the thing: is I respect Ben Edlund's talent. Wrote episodes on Firefly. Wrote for Dollhouse. He writes on Gotham, I think, um, and a great writer. But you talk about a guy who create who the very thing that made him famous, he disassociated himself from as quickly as he could. It's like I, I'm going to say something heretical about create about creations is the tick that people want to see isn't the one that Ben Edlund wants to deliver. No, and I don't know how much he had to do with the original live action series. I don't think he had that much to do with the animated series either. Um, you know, and 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 that's the thing is. The version of the tick that everybody has in their heads that they love, which is admittedly a very small slice of brilliance. Right. And maybe if it had lasted three seasons, it would have jumped the shark and people would have gotten tired of it the way Ben Edlund clearly did. Right. You know, it is like, but that's what everybody's expecting. And now you're going to get this, must it be darker? You know, is when is society just going to get crumble and get it over with? And, uh, you know, because we keep clearly want, that's what we're all headed towards. That's um, where Hollywood's headed towards. Well, that's the message of Tomorrowland, right? Mm-hmm. Is the, the future we're envisioning yet, is darker. And yet, The Flash and Supergirl are very popular. No, well, Supergirl's not as popular. This, well, uh, the Flash crossover gave her, gave it a big ratings boost. But it still hasn't been renewed yet, has it? No, it hasn't yet. Mm-hmm. And that's but but the Flash. But Flash the other thing, Supergirl does like basically the same numbers Flash does, but the Flash is on CW, right? And so, uh, you know, there's the there's the which problem. was a great line from that crossover. Oh yes, it, Rick hasn't seen that yet. No, it, but it is my favorite line. Yeah, they all walk in to Cat Grant's office, and she says, "Huh, you all look like a multicultural, diverse yet young cast of a CW show." <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, you took an actual hit at it, and it's true though. <laughs> but anyway, um, so we'll see. Uh, Warner did release the Batman Killing Joke teaser trailer and a behind-the-scenes video this week. So I'm excited. Which and there it is. That's a Batman story that should be rated R, no doubt. Yeah, you know. And I'm still. I'm that they're they're hitting on all. Got I got again shivers when I watched Mark Hamill at the microphone again. And uh, uh, did you see his Force Awakens? Yes, that, I did. Staring. <laughs> no, no, I haven't seen that. Uh, so for the uh, for the for the new charity thing for Amazi, the, the you know. It, that you could give to Boys and Girls Club and they're having a contest. Um, and so Kathleen Kennedy and, and Mark Hamill are making, the, are making the announcement. And he's just... He's standing, sitting there he's like Hodor. He's just... And, and she's like... And she goes... Da, 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 and she says, Isn't that right, Mark? And he goes, Oh, I have actual lines. I'm used to just <laughs> staring intensely. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> that was so good. Yeah. Um, yeah it's... I'm so happy for the third act of Mark Hamill's career. I am so so happy yeah. for it. Um, you know, cause, but again, because there's a guy again back to the sincerity of fandom. That guy was that guy was at Comic Con in '71. He was a fan before he was famous, and and having encountered encountered him, worked for him for a little while. He is absolutely sincere in loving each and every one of his fans and having a good sense of humor and. You know, and and giving. You know, I, I think I may have said on the podcast before. I, I worked with him on the comic book, the movie, and the whole thing when they filmed that weekend at Comic Con was like, okay, I'm Donald Swan. 
yeah, everybody call me Donald. And as he's giving that speech, and the cameras are on him, and he's talking to Donald, somebody will go, uh, Mr. Hamill, will you sign this? Yeah, sure, sure. And you know, <laughs> he kept breaking it because he just loves being part of it. He's legit. You know, and I, it's a, I've seen his Batman collection. It's astounding. See, and that's such a rare quality to have in, in somebody who can be considered a superstar like that. Yeah. And he has as much as you say a Spider Man collection as well. It's it's not he's not doesn't have a Batman collection because of being the Joker. He had that Batman collection and then they let him be the Joker. <laughs> you know, so something struck me though, I mean, we we've talked a lot about how D C can really do the animated shows. They can really yeah. do the animated movies well. They get the right voice talent. They get the right artists. They get Andrea the, the Romano. Producer. Give Andrea yeah. all due credit. All, all the credit. The best voice director working. Marvel has never done it well. And you know what? I don't think they're doing it anymore because I can't remember the last one that came out. What? Oh, the, oh, the directed video the ones? The animated well, so they've got the series. They have They're the series on very TV. Well on Disney XD yeah. and right, right. very well. Sure, sure, sure. And I don't want to whisper because. Uh, but as far as my friend Shannon works on Spider Man, right? Uh, so uh, it, it's but movies. They stopped doing the movies. Yeah. Uh, they're very quietly, occasionally still doing the motion comics, which I think is really interesting. That's interesting. That about every four or five months, the Magic Mailbox delivers huh. a motion comic, and I'm like, I had no idea this was happening, and I have a small stack. What titles? Uh, they did that Jeff Loeb Wolverine Sabretooth one. Um, okay. There was the there was a Thor Loki one, Blood Brothers, a while back. And I should mention the Magic Mailbox Liver I guess came out this week was Justice League versus Teen Titans. Mm. So I haven't had a chance to watch that yet, but uh it's it's out and people are like going nuts over that too. So there's Damien leading the Teen Titans. Uh and the deluxe edition comes with the little Damien statuette, which looks really, really cool. Which as we said, um my son Luke will be. How how did you phrase that? Prematurely inheriting it. What is it? Uh, I said. I, yeah. it, I said and that was Rick who was killing you. Yeah, okay. Said he was going to eventually. Uh, it's a premature inheritance. Like I need that. Yeah. For you guys, I've managed to hide some of my Lego minifigures that I get from those. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think did I mention last week? You know that I watched. If you if you want to watch the taste of Batman v Superman out, or it's not your take, watch the Justice League Cosmic Clash. In uh, Lego form, the Lego movie that came out a couple weeks ago, because that is adorable and hilarious. And uh, the take on Brainiac is like, well, it wouldn't fit anywhere else, but it's a pretty. He's a he's basically collecting planets the way some people collect comics, and it's like, oh, <laughs> like one falls off the shelf, and he's like, now it's not mint, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so we have to. Well, yeah, yeah, bringing us back full circle a little bit. I was really thrilled that you know I've got a little kid, a boy who was. Yeah, you know, marketing told him Batman versus Superman was coming out, and he's, you know, talking about it a lot. And I told him I had to see it first, and yeah. I did. And I told him, you know what, it's a little little too intense for you. And he accepted that, which I was kind of okay with. Yeah, uh, he didn't put up a fight, but he got very excited about the Batman, uh, the Lego Batman movie trailer. Yeah, oh, I said, great, yeah. good, get excited about that because that'll be funny. And he said, when's that coming? I said next year, and he said, ah. <laughs> Well, but but now you guys just learn patience. I can't remember, and I'm sorry because I'm probably sewing evil in the Mm -hmm. Pizarro home. Do you have a gaming console? Uh, We do not have what you would what you would consider a gaming console. (laughs) I don't know what that means. (laughs) Means what? What what, what, what wouldn't I consider a gaming console that you have? We've got a PS2. 
That's a gaming it's console. A gaming well, console. It's just retro. It, right. It's just, yeah. it's just, it doesn't do it. There's a lot of good games on the PS2. There's a lot of used games. Yeah. Right. yeah. I thought you were going to say, we have a ColecoVision football, <laughs> handheld football game. I've got a Nintendo 64. So I was that. going. Oh, that's awesome. I was going, we, we, have, it in we have a painted shoebox that says yes. Xbox Xbox. on the side of it. And the kids just play and play. Um, no, Daddy, Xbox say, is if not you, if and when you upgrade, and for your, for your kids, the Lego Dimensions game, which includes a lot of the DC universe, mm-hmm. uh, is very fun. And and the joke in that game is that the bat, the Lego Batman video game version of Batman meets the movie Lego Batman movie version and dismisses him as incompetent and refuses to let him help and takes wild style instead. <laughs> and it's like, I was like, because I, I thought when the game started, I was like, they're advertising it's a different color. It's not, that's not the, that's not the movie version. And then they actually take care of that. And I thought that was really fun. Well, I, I love that there's all sorts of different Lego Batman around because the, you know, there's the, there was the Lego Batman beleaguered. Yes. And that's a different version. Well, and that's the one that's in Cosmic yeah. Clash. And that, that has a continuity. And he's actually grow and, and these movies all do tie together in the growth of Batman's personality and acceptance of joining the Justice League. Though he's still very suspicious of Superman. <laughs> and I love it. It's so great. But then we saw a Lego you in, in Cosmic Clash. You get a Lego uh, Cosmic Boy, a Lego Lightning Lad, oh. and a Lego Saturn Girl. And I'm like... <laughs> You've lived to see. And, and they go into three different time periods. So who else? Uh, there's a Lego Vandal Savage in prehistoric times, and uh, there's a World War Two. I know there's three times I was like, I can't remember. Lego that. Sergeant Rock. Lego oh, Sergeant Rock. That be awesome. Well, let's talk about Legend, <clears throat> Super, Legend DC Legends had a Lego. Oh, it's a Lego. But actually, that even though they totally misappropriated them, the, the obscurity of I don't even know if you knew that. The, did you see the Time Pirates episode, Marooned? When they're they're trapped and they go to the other time ship so they can upgrade the uh, the knowledge of the time of, of the timeline. No, I'm back. Uh, okay, a couple episodes. Yeah, same here. That they actually so they have Time Pirates, and they actually bothered to name the leader of the of, of the Time Pirates the secret identity of the Black Pirate, who is an obscure 1940s feature. Who was a backup in Sensation Comics? Okay, uh, wow. was you know in the first appearance of Wonder Woman, and I had that dollar huge oversized reprint. So that was the one I read. That's like the third story in is Black Pirate, one of the best art jobs. Uh, you know, from that because people always dismiss how good some of the '40s art was, but um, that yeah was like this obscure pirate feature they had. That's in the Black the big the white one with Superman on the cover. The uh, Sensation reprint. Comics with Wonder Woman. No, they, no. Oh, okay. No, no, no. No, yeah, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking of the reprint. You know, when they, back in the '70s when they did they reprinted the first appearances of everybody in the six, in the original all the stories, so you get these really obscure <laughs> characters that would never you would never know right. again. And and Black Pirate was one of them, and so the the Time Pirate identifies himself. Callum Keith Rennie plays him and says, "I'm John Valor." And for a second, I was like, "Viking Prince." And I went, "No, no, that's Eric, the Viking Prince." And I went, "Oh my God, it's Black Pirate." And I didn't like what they did with the character, but that they bothered giving him a name right. out of continuity was like, ah, oh, this show is great, uh, and it is. It's oh, yeah. gotten better. I mean, I I've had a couple of episodes where I've gone like, it's just spinning wheels. But it's getting good again. I just yeah. read the one where they're in the fifties, and Vandal well, Savage is is a next door neighbor or something. And well, then you've missed that one because that one that that fifties one is after the the space pirates. One. Oh, I wonder the if I missed an episode. One. 
Yeah, it's still it's still on. Demand. That's the one that got stranded at the end of the episode. Oh, maybe I watched them. I watched two in a row, and maybe that it, okay, maybe hmm. it is the, maybe it's, that's the next one. They get stranded at the end of the episode because um, the Chronos Chronos gets in, gets oh, into the ship, Kronos. and takes off. Yeah. Oh, Chronos! Yeah. Uh, oh no, no, no! I see. No, no, it's just different. Yeah, yeah. You missed an episode. Go back okay. and watch. It's called it's called Marooned. Um, be, and 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 it's interesting growth. And again, it's sort of the same idea as I was saying like with Suicide Squad is going. I should not care. I should not get so tied down into what happens in the comics, because right. whatever this version of say like Captain Cold is, once these TV shows series end, it, you know that's over. They can do what they want with Len Snart. They can do what they want with McRory. They can do what they want with the Adam. It's not uh, my Ray Palmer, but. He's okay. I'm glad that Brandon Routh has work as superhero because <laughs> he deserves true. it. Every time Snark comes on, the whole show just lights up. Oh yeah, it's I just so good. And, and his whole thing, his confession this week uh, or last week when he was like shamed because he was that oh, picture yeah. of him out of shape, and he's like, well, "I fought with depression and blah blah." I'm like, I, you know, I just yeah, it's, I want to meet that guy, Wentworth Miller. Like I admired him for not for coming out as a result of the Olympics in Russia, and like I'm, I'm you know, they wanted him to appear. It's like I'm a gay man, I'd be betraying, and I'm like, good for you for taking that stance. And then, but you know, and then he's just so good on that yep. show. Um, Put him on our wish list for Silicon Valley Comic Con next for next year. I might pay for Wentworth Miller. Mm-hmm. I might. I don't know. I would. I would try to get an interview really badly though. Not a bad interview. Not, but, a, not you know, a really bad interview. But I would try very hard to get an interview with Wentworth Miller because I just admire him so much. Uh, we should mention today, of course, was the day that Star Wars Force Awakens came out. And we went to Target with its uh, collectible, collectible packaging uh, designed likely to uh, fall apart much faster. Yeah, it's like really cardboard sure. to me. Why, why yes, it's, uh, it's, it's biodegradable. Uh, an exclusive bonus content, which no one at Target could tell me what it was. But I uh, picked it up. Uh, anyway, I did read online. It's 20 minutes more of, I don't know what the bonus content is, but it's uh, Harrison Ford uh, justifying why he had to die. Uh, spoilers. Um, you know, so Wait, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, or it's it's target marketing guys saying we didn't know Ray was going to be a big deal <laughs> just for twenty minutes. We're sorry. We're sorry. While people throw fruit at them, um, I think that would be worth having picked up this version for five bucks more. Uh, but anyway, I, on the other hand, I was seeing a couple other Star Wars fans at at Target, and I asked them like, well, you know, what's different? And I'm agonizing. Which version do I pick up? The you know the regular one that you can get anywhere? And he goes, yeah, I don't know either. He says, on the other hand. This takes up less room on the shelf. It's true. Yep. <laughs> so, I did think about that. But I remember when CDs did that. Remember the cardboard right. uh, cardboard cases? Right. And, you know, they're cool, but... You know, they, they still do. They jump back and forth in current CDs. Yeah, so um, we'll check it out. But it definitely, uh, you know, it, it's been a long time since I've said, I will have to go on first day and, and buy a, a Blu-ray. Yeah. And I I, I, why? We because all of our friends bought them, and Lord knows we need, each need one of our own. So we can watch yep. it in the midnight of our souls. Well, so I can download the digital copy onto my laptop and watch it anywhere I True want. That. Will I watch it over and over? Maybe. Yeah. I like it. I, you know, it's worshiping the. I've only seen stuff. it three times so of far. Star Wars. Um, how many times have I seen it? I've seen it three times as well. Hmm. Yeah, 
Um, so this will be good. Uh, we did also, uh, and Deadpool will be coming out on Blu-ray in May. And Ryan Reynolds announced it by tweeting a photo of himself as Deadpool, holding a VHS tape and a laser disc of Deadpool. So uh, I would buy that laser disc. I know. I, I like Rick saw this in the itinerary and went, "Should we got a laser disc?" And I'm like, "I know. We both still have working <laughs> laser disc players. Well, at least I hope mine's working. I don't know." Um, because you know my laser discs aren't worth the space they're taking up in the garage, except maybe my Disney editions because I think there's still um, you know people that came with a lot of collectibles. I think stuff. I still have a couple of Criterion, maybe um, Forbidden Planet, and I, I have that on laser disc. Too. I have uh, the five, the original five uh, Star Trek movies, and I have the the last. Not pre Lucas digital editing of yes. the Star Wars trilogy. I, I know that I have Aladdin, I have The Lion King, I think I have Beauty and the Beast, and uh, Fantasia on laser. Um, so, I mean, they're beautiful collector's boxes oh, yeah. with a lot of extra stuff. So, I was yeah. going to say, I know that I have, but I'm not even sure that I have the connectors to put it to connect up to a TV. I bought the, I bought the Star, Star Trek movies a year before I bought a laser disc player. And when and I left it shrink wrapped because I didn't know if I was ever going to have one. And when I got it, I opened the shrink up and I found the coupon that had expired just the month before. Where to I get a laser just player? No, to get to get a set of uh, collectible pins. Oh. oh, and I was like, so mine still has a coupon. But you know, this is the thing about check changing technology. I got a laser just player when I was first teaching because that was the brand new technology ah. that was going to change the classroom. Indeed. And so I was like, I'm going to get a top-of-the-line laser disc player. And then these these DVDs came along. Yeah, I remember having like, arguments about how DVDs could never be as good as laser discs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sid and Marty Croft, some of the, a story that uh, Rick had previewed at, at Comic-Con last Electra year. Electra Woman and Dinah Girl. Girl. Um, which I thought was just going to be a, a web series. is now coming on home video in a yeah. VOD. And so it's interesting more of a you know and perhaps there'll be a larger conversation again later or just it's an ongoing conversation on the podcast and in the world of how the business is changing right youtube celebrities become in this in this uh web series which uh, or this dvd this movie that essentially is about youtube celebrities becoming superheroes um but it was essentially, you know, it became sort of a left field production, and now Sony's got it. Sony's the one putting it out. So uh, the studios have found a way to, to jump on board, uh, which, you know, so there, and which does bring it, we can transition to the story we're going to talk about a little bit on Axnar. We did promise it that there's a really good analysis now that ongoing, if you don't know what the Axnar story is, uh, it's a fan film. Uh, that's taking place early in the days of the Federation uh, that Garth of Ix... What is the character in that in, in the asylum? I can uh, see him. Garth of... Yeah, I can see him uh, Garth too. of something. He right. was a war hero. So this group wanted... Garth. To, yeah, it's, I know. He's Commander Garth. Uh, to tell the story of the war that basically changed him and gave him the PTSD and made him have to go into the asylum years later. Um, so they, they, they're telling the story. Paramount slapped them with a cease and desist. They did this Kickstarter campaign and raised over a million dollars because one of the things they wanted to do was set it's up told a- like a documentary too. It's important that that it's not it's not a it's a not plotted a story. It well, it's 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 well, how can we say it's told like that when there isn't a foot a single foot the of- the footage the, what they've what they've shown 
sounds it's it it has the pacing of like a civil war film you know it's it's like all these people talking about the the no, events that led up to actors, and, yeah. they're doing all the special effects they're not using footage from the original right. episode or anything like that but but paramount sued them saying it's infringement upon the star trek motion picture uh they countersued and said you have to paramount has to define what star trek is what elements do they have and people were assuming it was kind of a slam dunk and realized now this is just gonna be a bigger headache for anybody that's worth now uh, in last week's podcast or the last episode of the podcast interviewed Vic Mignogna back at Gallifrey One who is playing who writes executive produces and stars in Star Trek Continues which is set in the continuity after finishing the five year mission and I brilliant him, stuff and, and it is and, and they've got an Indiegogo campaign going down people so please you know kick in watch Star Trek Continues dot com and you'll love and you'll love it if you're especially if you're a Star Trek fan and um, what I asked him was like, how can you get away with this and Axanar can't? And he said, because uh, the rights are divided. The original series is controlled by CBS TV. And the movies are controlled by Paramount. So Paramount's getting involved because this fan film, if you stay under 80 minutes or 85 minutes, I think he told me, it's still considered a TV show. And if you make a make a fan film that's over eighty five minutes, is considered a movie, and then that's that's how Paramount got involved and, and delineated. But what the now counter argument is is you guys really only have the rights to the movies. Axanar, this battle of Axanar, all this was stuff we're talking TV about show. was in the TV show. You moved on; it may not even be in your continuity under the J.J. Abrams verse. And so, but it was worse than that because it was only the, there was some circulation that only the things that had been created specifically for the movie would they have these the isolated rights to anything that had been created for the TV series would be still under CBS, which means that even that yeah the films could be thrown completely and this is the problem now both CBS TV and Paramount are owned by Viacom, but Viacom apparently is considering selling Paramount. And they don't want hmm. to, and nobody wants to buy a studio that's in the midst of a major public relations nightmare of litigation. <laughs> With so, a new movie coming out and piss, uh, pissing the for fans off. The 50th off. anniversary. Hey, happy anniversary, fans. F you. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's not yours, and we're proving it by releasing Star Trek Beyond, <laughs> which doesn't understand it. Um, oh, yeah. Anyway, so it's just a sad I'm, I'm going to have to do some learning on that. We're going to continue to watch it. We are. Uh, and before I lose track, I do want to say I do have officially the Batman v Superman M-Tech uh, portable battery for charging your phone. And so I conducted an experiment during the podcast. It's true. I witnessed. Uh, you, uh, my phone was at, uh, I believe, like 50%, and it is now at 100%. This battery I charged for like ooh, half an hour before I before I came over here. Okay. Um, and it had a partial charge, you know, because they usually ship that way. But it's very effective, and I think there are still blue lights on it. Are there? No, no. I, I may have killed it, but it did get to 100%. So I want to give that. However, this M-Tech, and it's very cool. I have no problem with the marketing there. The M-Tech case mm-hmm. is the Batman mm-hmm. v Superman logo. You can get it with uh, also with um, Henry Cavill's face or Ben Affleck's face. Yeah. Um, it, However, the cord that sh- it ships with uh, is a has the micro side. It is not 
uh, it does not ship with a cord that allows you to charge. It's a standard USB on one end and a micro USB on the other. Yes. Mm. So it's for your smartphone. It is not iPhone compatible. However, you can you get could those plug cables, it, yeah. and I did. And mm. so it's just fine. Um, so know that if you are a Batman v Superman fan or a Batman or Superman fan, very effective battery. I'm very happy to be carrying that around at Comic-Con this summer. And how much did that cost? Or would that cost? <laughs> <laughs> The magic mailbox gave it to me today. I opened the door and it was there. It was Not like all a, the listeners have a magic it was mailbox. Like a, it was in a basket and there was a note pinned to its chest that said, please give this charger a good home. Um, sadly, yeah, here's the flaw. I will. Uh, I have that at... Oh. No, I don't have it. Uh, but uh, I, you will, have the price of I will run a piece and okay. then when you put, let me know and I will say, I will give you the price. And is that another special device over and this there? This is the Batman v Superman... Uh, flash drive uh, and I don't know how to say review I I love again that it has the logo and again you can get it you can get them in two packs this game it is does have the uh, push push yes. slide out um, and connector I, and I just want to say you know I mean you get these for the aesthetics because yeah. a flash drive is a flash drive I've never encountered a flash drive that didn't work you know so mm-hmm. and they all function the same way they might crap out earlier I don't know yeah, I'm not going to push this one but yeah. um but again, know that this pro- I, I'm actually really happy. We say we had a live test here on this MTech uh, charger. I'm happy with what it did, and it's better than than either of the of the chargers that I've had previously as far as speed of of recharging. Cool. So, and it's about the same size as your phone too. So, yeah, it's it's actually really slim. Yeah, uh, a little so, taller, a little wider, but about the same thickness. iPhone six. It's, it's iPhone six ish. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, anyway, the last item, I, I had to throw that in. Otherwise, I'd forget because, of course, the Walking Dead f- season six finale. Yeah. So As controversial as Batman v Superman amongst its fans. It's, it's controversial, but it's kind of stupidly controversial because usually the controversy on a, on a show that is known for killing off characters is why did they kill that character off? And at the end of this, this is a spoiler, at the, it's not much of a spoiler, though. At the end of this episode, it's really obvious Negan, who in the comics, in the comics, and this is years ago, so it's not a really a big spoiler. In the comics, when Negan originally captures the Walking Dead crew, he, to prove a point, kills one of them. Just bluntly chooses one at supposedly random and kills him. And it's Glenn, Glenn, who is one of the one of yeah. the favorite characters on the show right now. So we got the Negan eeny, meeny, miny, mo, uh, through all the different characters that we love there at the end. And then we go into a point of point of uh, view of whoever it was who he picked, but we don't know who it is. And we see the baseball bat come down on our head once, twice. And then we just hear the sound of it over and over again as everything goes black. So he killed somebody. But what the internet is going nonlinear on it on is we have to wait till the next season to find out who got killed, and to uh, me, to me, I don't think that's, go, that's, that's a uh, that's a pretty decent cliffhanger. And, you know? But the other thing is, I'd argue against it being Glenn only because this TV series has done such a good job of not being the comic book. Yeah, it's it's true. But that's the only reason why not to be. I'm in kind of this crazy state right now because I just just picked up uh, i read the trade so i picked up the 23rd trade to read which is close to the storyline but very different and so yeah. i'm like going 
who are these? Because I haven't read any of them for like six months, and I've got two more arriving this week. I, it's it's very strange to try and read them in parallel with the show. So now that the show's on hiatus as we get back to Fear the Walking Dead, which t- actually turned out to be a pretty good show last year. I saw the first three episodes. I liked them. Yeah, it, it, it got better, and it's it's taking a new tact on the survivalists and stuff. Um, which I should mention, by the way, it is going to actually come true because Wizard World just announced their first cruise convention. Yeah. So not only are you going to be a cruise full of celebrities trapped on a boat on the high seas with rabid fans that plague's gonna break out my yeah friends. fan plague fanhood wizard world con crud con crud anyway so i think that's it well yeah and of course we say when fear the walking dead comes back as we mentioned a couple weeks ago it's back to back with preacher yes so looking forward to that as well as, by the way, we should say Showtime uh, has released a trailer for Outcast. Speaking of Kirkman, show, uh, Kirkman-based uh, TV series, and has already renewed it for a second season without ever having actually shown Outcast. So that's uh, a strong pilot. Well, it's a it's a strong comic. I, you know, I can mock Kirkman because why can. not? I'll mock everything. But but he writes good comics. Oh, yeah. even Super oh, Dinosaur yeah. for what it is is really good. So. Yeah, that's what we got here. Once again, if you've got any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back soon with another episode. I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. I'm Sal Pizarro of the Mercury News. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use your powers only for good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. Got it in one.